everyone. Welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club, and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And I'm Emily. And today's topic is Fourth Wing, chapters 25 through 27. Welcome, Emily. <laughs> Emily, I'm curious. Um, these chapters, you kind of just got randomly assigned. Um, what was your reaction to having these specific chapters? To be honest, when you assigned them to me, I didn't know what went on in the chapters until I reread them. Um, but I feel like with any chapters in this book, there's a lot going on. So I figured it was going to be good. To be honest, when I read these, so I read these on the plane back from Thanksgiving and I was like, not much happens. But then I reread them actually today and I like quadrupled my notes. (laughs) So I think there was actually a lot to discuss here. I think that there was just a lot of like hidden messages in these, in some of these quotes and yes, exactly. And, uh, it was kind of nice to be, we'll get there, but like reunited with Mira and kind of see her in her element as a writer, you know, and get a little taste of maybe where she might be leaning towards. Yes, yes. And one of the things that I feel like was really important in at least the first chapter is the signets. And because we like learn everyone, everyone's signets in her wing. And that got my wheels turning because we've had a few guests on so far and we've had that dragon quiz. And I just don't have the feeling that that dragon quiz is very reflective of the people. I like I still think that quiz is very good. It only has like three options. Um, so I found a new quiz for Emily, our our special guest today, and it's what signet, what signet are you? So that was a great. We're segue. debuting this new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So we are we are debuting a new quiz. I'm calling it Audible, um, and I'm excited about this one. I already took it, and I got mending, which I was very very excited about. As you guys, as you guys take it, I'm also going to take it. Okay. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The first question is, what is your approach to rules and regulations? Your options are, you respect them, but I'm not afraid to bend them for a good cause. I keep my secrets and don't trust easily, but I'd break any rule for those I care about. I'm a natural leader who values strategy and planning. I believe in order and structure, and I strictly adhere to the rules. I'm a compassionate friend and would break a few rules for them. I'm protective of those I care about and would do anything to keep them safe. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a rule follower. So I would say either the first one or that one. I feel like this is going to give me Danes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, how about... I respect them, but I'm not afraid to bend them for a good cause. Okay. Should I do that one or should I do the value strategy and planning? I think you value strategy and planning. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) I think that's right. Okay. Okay. Next question. How do you handle conflict? I use my wit and intelligence to navigate tricky situations. (laughs) I'm raw and a little scary. (laughs) I don't like the word raw. I don't really know what that means. (laughs) I'm a strategist and plan my moves carefully. I believe in the power of knowledge and use it to my advantage. 
I'm a peacemaker. I try to resolve conflicts peacefully. I'm a protector. I step in when those I care about are threatened. Um, I generally avoid conflict. So maybe I'm a peacemaker. Yeah, I don't even know if you're a peacemaker. You just avoid conflict. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not an option on here. Emily, have you ever have you ever gotten mad at anyone in your entire life? Uh, yes, my family mostly. <laughs> but I really hate conflict. I really do. Like, if you ever got mad at me, I would be so afraid because I've never seen you get mad at anyone. Like, if you got mad at me, I would have had to. I would have know. I would know that I seriously fucked up. Yeah, you- I don't even know what I could possibly get that mad about. <laughs> That's funny. That's why I like these quizzes, you know? Yeah. It, it helps it helps everyone get to know our guests. Okay. Yeah, this one's already a lot better. Okay, next question. What's your preferred way to spend your free time? Reading, learning, or creating? Keeping to yourself? Strategizing and problem solving? You enjoy a good challenge? Organizing and tidying to have everything in order? Finding exciting new lovers? <laughs> or spending your time with loved ones? Um, I would say... Maybe spending time with my loved ones, although I do value my privacy and <laughs> keep it to myself. <laughs> not the not okay. the exciting new lovers? I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What trait do you value most in others? Intelligence, loyalty, strategic thinking, discipline, compassion, or protectiveness? Um compassion, I guess. Okay. What would you do if you saw someone being treated unfairly? Use your intelligence to outwit the oppressor. (laughs) Be all ready to fight for the weak. Devise a plan to help them without causing a scene. Follow the rules and call the authorities. (laughs) Find necessary tools to help you take down the enemy or find ways to protect them from any harm. Um, I guess maybe the last one. Yeah, I see that for you. That or devise a plan. You know, you are... You are a consultant. Your job is to strategize constantly. That is true. I, I'm no, I don't know that I'm, I'm much of a planner, though. Okay, so we're going to do find ways to protect them. What's your ideal job or career? Oh, yeah, these aren't very good. Researcher or professor, private investigator, chess player, military officer, social worker or counselor, or I want to be a great parent. Private investigator, I think. I used to want to be an FBI agent, so. Oh, that's I chose cool. that one, too. Like, I feel like that would be fun. You're kind of just like internet stalking people. You're just, yeah, exactly. You're just doing what <laughs> but we do probably best. already do. <laughs> okay. What's your preferred method of communication? Written communication? I express myself best in writing. Nonverbal communication? I prefer to keep my thoughts to myself. Strategic communication? I think carefully about what I say. Direct and clear communication? Open and honest communication or protective communication? That feels like a fake option. <laughs> Nonverbal communication. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't wait to see what this gives me. <laughs> How do you approach a new project or task? You research and gather all the information you can. Keep your plans to yourself until you're ready to share. Think several steps ahead. Follow a strict plan. Try and do a very thorough job or make sure everyone's happy with the outcome. Uh, I guess the first one, I research and gather information. Okay. Okay, last two questions. What's your favorite type of book or movie? Mystery or thriller? Drama or romance? Strategy or war? Historical or documentary? Self-help or inspirational? Action or adventure? Um, 
I guess drama or romance. That's what I chose as well. Okay, lastly, what's your biggest weakness? You can be too focused on books. You have a hard time trusting others. You can overthink things. You can be too rigid and inflexible. You're too selfless or you're too overprotective? The too selfless option is like when you say my only weakness is that I yeah, I work, I work too, too hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I can overthink things. Maybe. I chose that one as well. You're also a mender. Oh my Wait, God. no, I'm also a mender. We're just all menders. Damn it. I was so excited about this quiz. Okay, let me read the description. It says, as a mender, you share traits with Brennan Sorengale. You're known for your kindness and love for those close to you. Your strategic mind is evident in your ability to plan and strategize, making you a brilliant problem solver. Despite any adversities you face, your influence and legacy continue to play a significant role in the lives of those around you. Your mender ability signifies your desire to fix things, to mend the world, and bring about positive change. It's probably like a little bit too dramatic for me. I'm not like trying to change the world, but I don't I th- think that describes me either. I think we we just are all like-minded people, so our an- like that's why we're friends. So then our answers are just going to be similar. Yeah, but what makes a good quiz is the ability to tease out the differences, you know? I know. I know no just quiz. like the uh court what court yeah, are you quiz? No yeah. quiz is going to compare to that one. No, because I, Sadie and I took that quiz and we answered almost exactly the same and we got different courts and that's what a quiz should be. So I think I'm going to make my own quiz. Stay, t- <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> okay. There are like a million signets that come out in these chapters. So I know. I know. None, none mending. So <laughs> none mending. <laughs> so our first, our first audible Dees, you know, I don't know. I'm not mad about us being menders, but we have another change for this episode that we're trying out. Yeah. Um, yep. We're going to try out a new strategy for our recap and review. Um, so just to give everyone a heads up, this is going to be a much higher level recap. Maybe, you know, I'll still, I'll still call out some key plot lines that I, thought were interesting or maybe meant something or or some good quotes I liked but in general it's going to be pretty high level and just that way we have more time and space to discuss and react and predict yeah yeah we are going to not go into as much detail and just center this more around discussion which is really the premise this should feel like a book club so we're gonna keep it more high level so if you haven't read the book you'll still be able to follow along but go read the book yeah yeah I you agree. really want to know what happened um so should we get right into it yes I just have one more quick thing to say that just came to my mind which is Spotify wrapped came out yesterday oh yes I am so basic it actually causes me pain um every year when I get my wrapped um that's not what I was gonna say though I this was our first year of having the Spotify wrapped from like a content creators it gives us a wrapped um which was really cool and it made my day so thanks to it like showed us how many people's wrap like how many people we are in their top five top three and like top listened podcast and that was really, really cool. And it was like, here's how many countries you were listened in. Here's how many minutes people spent listening to you. So that was really fun. 
Yeah, it it is really cool. And so many people have like DM'd us like screenshots of us being in their top five and and or like just texted me personally. And it's just so sweet. I was dying though. One of my best friends from home is like not a reader and I always give her shit because she doesn't listen to my podcast. So I'm just like, you're a fake friend and she won't even hear me say this. Um, but she, (laughs) (laughs) she, she sent me a screenshot because like I was, we were the only podcast she listened to. And she was like, sent me a screenshot that we were her number one podcast with like a bunch of hearts and literally in it, it was like your top podcast. Do you listen to for 40 minutes? And I was like, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> that's so not, hard. that's like half of one of our episodes. Not even a whole episode. She was like, 40 minutes of a book I've never read heart I was like shut the fuck up I was dying it was hilarious actually I will say one other thing that um I thought was kind of comforting was wrapped also showed us like people who listen to our podcast what other things do they listen to because sometimes we will talk about like Taylor Swift or like Sadie went to the Kelsey Ballerini concert recently. And sometimes I'm like, do people care when we talk about this stuff? But I saw that for our listeners, they first listened to pop music and then contemporary country. So I was like, perfect. Oh my God. Yeah. That's literally so perfect. It's literally, that was also your target audience. We're hitting our target audience. Those were also my top two genres. So yeah, me too. Perfect. Me too. My top was contemporary country, but Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Same. Yeah. <laughs> she's everyone's she, top artist. Yeah. I think she was everyone's top artist. I, I also keep seeing, though, because it told me I was top 1%, but I saw a lot of people posting top 1% Taylor Swift, and I was like, we can't all be top yeah. 1%. Well, well I mean, they the can. percentage is probably pretty big. That's true. Yeah, That's the true. number, when there's that many listeners, like 1% yeah. is still a big number. That's true. She posted true. that she was the number one global artist on Spotify. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I mean, anyone else would, anyone else honestly would have been shocking. It's been her yeah. it's been her year. So. Totally. I hope she gets artist of the year at the Grammys. She should get all the awards. No one else did anything this year. It's like her except Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. She also made my top five. Olivia Rodrigo made my top five too. That's what I mean by I'm saying I'm so basic it hurts. Mine were um Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, Kelsey Ballerini, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen. Like that yeah. There's a reason That's... they're basic. People like them. Mine was exactly. ba- yeah, mine was basically the same. It was um Taylor Swift, Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Maroney. Love her. Um, and then it was Luke Combs and who's the hot guy that opens for him? <laughs> Riley Green. <laughs> Riley Green. Yeah. No Riley Green. <gasps> yes, you do. You would know his song. Um, Grandpa's never. I wish Grandpa's never died. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Sadie and I saw him at the Luke Combs concert because we we both went, but we weren't sitting together. I was sitting with Connor. She was sitting with John, and the four of us had all been texting about the concert and stuff and then Riley Green came on and then a separate chat form of just me and Sadie and I was like wow look at his arms <laughs> I love how you say a separate chat formed as if it was just like created organically <laughs> like, well, like somehow like seeing Chase Rice yeah yeah true oh I didn't say that I right before Thanksgiving break Emily Annie 
myself and our friend Bridget, who I'm assume I assume will come on the podcast in the near future as well. Um, we went to see Old Dominion and Chase Rice opened. And that man just gets more attractive every time I see him. His music is terrible, but yeah. he gets more attractive. Yeah, talk, talk about basic, like, pop country music. That is Chase Rice. But. At one point, he finished a song, and Emily was like, oh, I hope he plays, like, Beer Trucks and God next. And I was like, didn't we just hear that one? See, do you know the song? Uh, what's it? Uh, Drinking Beer, Talking God, Amen or something. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sydney yes, drinking beer probably. God, amen. You know that song? Yeah, I think we all, like every country song ever. <laughs> yeah, that's why she said that. I was like, no, I don't know that one. That just sounds like well, a lyric. She made one up from Old Dominion. She's like, I hope they play like crazy, sexy. That beautiful. is a song. It's crazy, beautiful, sexy. That is a song from Old Dominion that they did not play. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's hilarious. Okay. I really thought we didn't have that much to talk about, but we've somehow talked for 20 minutes so we can get into the book now all right, <laughs> all right thank god the summary is shorter here we go <laughs> yeah. oh well actually do you want to start us off with the quote yes yeah i'm all i'm already i have it open to chapter 25 okay the intro quote is the squad battle is more important than the wing leaders will let on they like to joke that it's a game that it's just bragging rights for the squad leaders and the winning squad but it's not they're all watching the commandant, the professors, the commanding officers, they're watching to see who will rise to the top. They're salivating to see who will fall. Um, a very dramatic intro quote for not a very dramatic squad battle. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. I don't really get why people care so much about this. I don't either. I mean, we only got the tail end of the actual battle. So I'm, maybe it was more intense, but we didn't even get that much of it. So that quote yeah, didn't do much and- for me. And it was just very contradictory to what Zayden said. Like, I know that it, it said the wing leaders won't let on, but like the way Zayden described it, it didn't seem like he was just like, ah, uh, who cares? He was very much just like, I wouldn't stress about it because there's bigger dangers in the world and things just get more and more intense. You know what I mean? It, it was like a yeah. valid reason of why he was saying that squad battles don't really matter. So it was just like an interesting quote choice. Yeah. Yeah. Because it did to that point Zayden like two pages ago was like oh don't worry about it and then Brennan is like care about it so yeah yeah so like we were kind of just saying the chapter opens almost like already completely through the squad battles so they've done all of the challenges with the flights and the um gauntlet and they're in the middle of the sparring sparring matches and so the chapter opens with Violet and the rest of her squad cheering Liam on as he wrestles and wins the last squad battle. Um, so after he wins, Compa- Commandant Panchek announces that the third and final stage of the squad battle is to take place now, which typically they get like a night's rest before it happens. Um, but he says it will start now. And he commands the squads to find and acquire the w- the one thing that would be most advantageous to their enemies enemies regarding the war front war effort i can't read and then to present it to leadership within the next 3 hours so they're not allowed to use any of their leading cadets like zayden or dane like any of their leaders um and they are completely responsible for themselves and that's all the guidance they were given yeah my first note was 
I'm guessing it's information. And then my second note was, I'm correct. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, I, I was thinking when I read this, what the challenge was, I was like, this is so obvious, obvious to me before I found what they decided to bring to me. It was just obvious that this challenge was created to see what the kids came up with because they're trying to figure out what their enemies keep looting their villages for and trying to find. Cause remember when they f- had their first battle brief and it was like, they were, they became clear that they were looking for something when they were going through these villages. Yeah. Wait, that's a good point. That didn't even cross my mind. I was like, this, this seems like they're just doing this because they can't figure out what the enemy wants. And they're like, let's have a brainstorming session, everyone. Like, what do we think? What do we think they'd want? Wait, see, um, that's a good theory. Thanks. But I don't know if like what actually ended up winning kind of supports that. But another theory I had was that Commandant Pancheck is like, this is a little bit more crazy, but is like a double agent and wants to be brought all the most valuable things so he can then like give them to the enemy. So that actually did cross my mind. I was like, this is kind of a dangerous like challenge like what if there's ever a spy and then you're like oh here are all the things that and I could so see that because they like don't understand why they're going to the villages they're going to or like why how they're breaking down the wards or whatever so like maybe there's an inside job you know like maybe Navarre sorry go ahead I was just gonna say it does seem kind of crazy that there are no rules on this and they're breaking into places like shouldn't they be getting in trouble for that yeah I I kind of thought when they broke into Violet's mom's office which I'm sure Sadie you're gonna get to in a minute but um I was like it's kind of putting the mom on blast for having bad defense of her office you know and what if she had something actually like confidential in there yeah they were just reading her mail (laughs) no literally exactly exactly so yeah this was this was interesting yeah so Imogen takes command of the squad and they just start brainstorming what they should steal when Liam suggests information, like you said, and Violet then gets the idea that they should break into their mother's office and basically look around, and try to find some good information. Um, and I, so like you made a good point that like they should get in trouble. My thought about them breaking into the office is that it's just crazy that her mom's office is literally there and she's like not allowed to see her for three years, nor does her mother try to see her. Like she ran into her the one time, but like she's literally on campus and she's just like, you won't see me for three years, cadet. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. So in the previous chapter, um, we ran into the mom on campus for the first time since Violet bonded. And I was like, oh, my God, what's she doing here? And then I forgot that she just works there. Yeah. Full time. Because she's just, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's where Violet grew up. Yeah. I forgot that, too. I've completely (laughs) forgotten that. Because that just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Me, too. It doesn't make any sense. Where did she live? Yeah. Where did she live? No idea. We have. They never see other people. It's truly crazy how we, this book has moved so fast in this, like, one specific setting. But there's so much we don't know. I think that's. My a little bit theory on that is a lot of things are introduced so they can come back later as, oh, that could be a convenient rule that I can make up. 
Oh, Rebecca totally does that. I think she, Rebecca is using that as a ploy. She totally does that. Like, she just makes up a rule. She throws in new rules, like, as they're convenient, which, like, sometimes comes off to me as, like, a lazy writing style a little bit. <laughs> I know. Like, I get there's so much going on. You can't really explain in depth everything about this fantasy universe, but it, sometimes it does feel like some things are just conveniently made up. Totally. <laughs> totally. I agree. I agree with that. Um, so two hours later, this, the squad creeps up the staircase to General Sorengale's office and one cadet, so this is kind of what we're learning about the signets, but like one cadet astral projects. So Sadie, I wrote down all their signets. Do you want me to go <gasps> down the list? Yeah. Let's recap. Because it was a lot, and I also don't know half these people, so I was like, I should probably make note of all these names. And I made one. I made note of one that I think is particularly convenient. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Riddick can wield ice. Rhiannon can retrieve things, which we found out last chapter, or last chunk of chapters. Sawyer can manipulate metal, which we knew. Imogen can mind wipe recent memories, which is really good and very convenient <laughs> very convenient very convenient um that one's a good one to have heaton can breathe underwater which seems really unusable um in this setting and also how can- did he discover that he can do that there isn't really any water setting no, no. yeah swimming no um emery can control wind quinn is the one who can astral project which means that she can like stand in one spot, but she can like have consciousness and walk around in a whole nother area. And that to me is unbeatable. I don't know how violets can actually be cooler than that one. That one is really, really, really cool. I don't really understand it. Nor do I. Does she have two conscious? It's like you can be in two places at once, I guess. Is she like two people or is her body here, but her mind is there and her body's just limp it literally sounded like she was in two places at once i don't know but imagine like you're taken prisoner and you can just go and be like help help i'm here you know <laughs> that's a good point that's, that's a, good point. a great um, example and then nadine can undo wards which so is the everyone. one the one yeah. that i noted as being like hmm, hopefully she becomes a rebel might be helpful. i know i i know it just so happens that their squad has a really, really useful group of signets. It was a little too convenient. It was a little too convenient, but I, I made a note because they make a point to say, like, signets connect to people's personalities or, like, they manifest a part of your personality into a signet. Um, but some of these don't make... Like, what does breathing underwater have to say about your personality? <laughs> <laughs> strong swimmer i don't know <laughs> yeah like zayden's zayden's makes sense like he has so many secrets um but i don't know what anyone else is is saying about yeah that. i don't even rhiannon's i don't really get what that says about her personality same so i wonder what violets will be yeah i can't wait i can't wait to find out i also want to know like because they said that you know, when the feather tails grow up and mature that she'll probably lose the time freezing thing. And I'm like, well, what will she get next? Like she's going to have two signets from Undarna. Yeah. I did have one thought, which was she 
again in the last chunk of chapters poisoned jack carlo via oranges um which was which was a lot and then in this chapter also talks about she poisons that guard and poisoning seems to be her main defense and seems to not be going anywhere and i was like maybe her signet will have something to do with poisoning like not poisoning but like you know how she put the guard to sleep like maybe she can just do that with her mind or something like maybe that could be a signet yeah i don't remember her putting the guard to sleep yeah she do that? the wind the wind guy knocked him out and then violet gave him something to keep him down oh i missed that i like so that maybe yeah maybe her signet will allow her to do that via mind versus having to rely on all her potions and whatnot that would I'm be trying cool. to look at Emily's face, but yeah, Emily, have you read? You've read all of Fourth Wing. I've read everything available. I've read Fourth <laughs> Wing and Iron Flame. I'm I'm all knowing. I know too much. <laughs> okay, Emily, you're our first guest since Iron Flame came out. Yes. Obviously, you can't tell us the anything really about the book, but how did you feel about the book? I I mean I liked it. I read it in whatever like a few days. Um. But now I'm getting, because Allison keeps sending me reels about Iron Flame and Fourth Wing, so that's all the reels that I've been getting. So I'm surprised you guys don't get spoilers. Um, But a lot of people are mad because they think that Rebecca rushed through it because the publisher really wanted her to get the book out, so they think it's like written poorly or something. I don't know, but I liked it. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I've heard the ending is confusing. That's all I've heard. But I have been really good at avoiding any spoilers. So. I, yeah, I really have to share my feeling about it, so I I, d- I don't give any spoilers. But okay, it's it's similar in the sense that there's just so much that happens and so much information. So it's not like it's obvious that there are more books that are coming. Okay, well that's that's great. Yeah, we're not <laughs> we're not mad at that. Um, so Violet enters the office once they've unwoven the wards and uh liam serves as the lookout so the whole squad is kind of rifling through things trying to find information violet reads some of her mother's letters and realizes that they should steal the map on her wall which shows detailed information about outposts and supply routes and as they take it liam signals that the guard has returned Rhiannon teleports the map away, and another cadet uses air to restrain the guard. They rush to the battle brief room, making it just in time. And then Imogen has Violet present the map. When she announces where it's from, chaos erupts, but she meets Zayden's eyes and can tell that he is impressed. Yes, I had a few more things I found interesting also. So she reads two letters in her mom's office and one is calling for reinforcement um, Mm -hmm. at a certain outpost, which like we kind of could guess. I mean, we've heard that there's a lot of a lot more battles than we know about going on, that they aren't being informed of a battle brief. But when I was um, when I was reading that and really, I think I was just throughout these whole chapters I was kind of struck by the fact that there's this entire this so far like the entire book and this entire society is focused on fighting this enemy 
but we haven't even heard about them since like chapter one like the actual like peromials yeah. we've heard about some things about gryphons but like we know nothing about them is it gryphon or griffin i don't I've know been in my head pronouncing it as gryphon but i think it's griffin like i think it's the the magical creature i griffin. always said griffin oh. but i've also seen on tiktok recently people saying gryphon the why is confusing the why is really confusing um we can we can align on Griffin moving forward, um, <laughs> but um, I was just thinking about that. Like I don't even know why they're really at war, you know. Like isn't that kind of weird? We learned we learned why. Well, they said the Peromials are just greedy and yeah, that's yeah. what Violet thinks that they want all their resources. Yeah, but that just can't be the whole truth and they really just don't focus on promial at all so it's weird it's like this whole society is focused on war and they don't even really like violet never really mentions like the area of promial the actual enemy that they're fighting you know yeah but i guess you know she's just in college and kind of shielded <laughs> from learning. it all and she's got satan distracting her and she's trying to fly her dragon she's so yeah. much going on yeah it's just it's uh, that just struck me i was like i would really like to learn more about the actual enemy that they're being trained like their purpose in life is going to be to fight these people and we don't we all we know is that they have those griffins yeah and i was just gonna say and violet is like queen of knowing all facts about everything so you would think that she would give a little bit more background on that kind of stuff yeah, and I think it would have been, like, a great way she could have woven in is having her go to a class where they talk about how this this all began, you know? And they're, like, even if it was just, like, straight propaganda, like, that way we get an idea of how, like, Navarre portrays the enemy to them. Yeah, like, they're not brought up in any classes. So or even if she recites it while she's... Scared. doing something scary <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. um so that was the first thing and then the second thing was the second letter was from someone in Tyrandor, the rebel area province saying that there's unrest in Tyrandor over the whole conscription thing and that general sorengale needs to find a way to kind of appease them because Tyrandor sends so many conscripts and they need those forces in the front line. And Violet's like, that's weird because unre- they always have unrest. And why would we be trying to appease them? And so that makes me think that Tyrandor is somehow still a threat or something. Or like they're more powerful than we know of. Or I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And Violet specifically was like, that's weird. So I was like, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Violet said it's weird, so like I, I noted it. Yeah, it wasn't really like an original thought, but um, I noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I mean, yeah, I think that there was a lot of like breadcrumbs throughout this chapter, but like action plan wise, or yeah, action wise, they just like don't really care about these these squad battles. So I was just like, okay. Yeah. The moment I lived for was just Zayden smiling at her <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I feel like kind of my thoughts on this were why are they trying so hard and risking her mom's wrath for the squad battle that really feels like it doesn't matter because the prize isn't really much of a prize, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. 
And my second thought was, I'd be super mad if I were any of the other teams and they did this because it's only because Violet like knows how to break into her mom's office and knows there's going to be one guard there, knows the way to get there and knows all about that. So obviously she can break into her mom's office and steal the map. I'd be super mad. (laughs) Nepotism. Nepotism. Nepo baby. Yeah, I was about to say. And like also, yeah, truly. (laughs) I also think that she is just like a little less scared of her mom. You know what I mean? Like her mom's powerful and stuff, but like it's your fucking mom. Like she's not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was my last note. I said, I want to, I want to know the mom's reaction to her office being broken into by her own daughter. I can't believe they didn't even give us like my mom's like tense face or whatever. What they did say is that people rushed the stage. And I was like, what the, (laughs) why are people storming the stage over this? Because they're so mad that Violet's a Nepo baby and did this. I don't get it. Um, no, I think that they were hype. Like, it was just, like, crazy oh. that they, she did that. Storming like, she, she was smirking. <laughs> yeah. the field. Yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to get the mom's reaction. And I hope we get it at some point because I thought that's when they said they were breaking into her mom's office. Like, that's what I was looking forward to was how is this going to – is the mom going to respect this? Is she going to be super mad? But we didn't get it. Can I just comment – I just giggled a little to myself looking up at you and seeing your Ron Weasley Christmas sweater. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's authentic. It's, um, yeah, it, this is my most, I'm wearing my most prized possession, which is my authentic Ron Weasley Christmas sweater. Um, it actually is authentic. I got it when I was at Harry Potter World um, with Sadie and... Sadie and John and her friend Taylor, we had been in Harry Potter world for several hours and they kind of, they went to go ride some other rides and I was, I was just not ready to leave yet. So I stayed and I walked through some stores and my one, the one thing I've wanted is a Harry Potter Christmas sweater. I've tried to buy one online. They don't sell them online. They don't sell good ones. And I found the one store in Harry Potter world that sells them. And I was so excited. And then when I was checking out, the lady told me that it's made from the same people who made them for the movies. So it it is authentic. It is authentic. That really is authentic. Yeah. And I've just been in Christmas cheer since Thanksgiving. I decorated my apartment. And so I wanted to, it's that time of year, you know, I can only wear it so, so often. So I have it on tonight. It's debut. I'm also wearing Christmas pajama pants, but... It's not nearly as stylish as a big old R on a maroon sweater. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually my only Christmas sweater. And I wear this, I wore this last year to every Christmas party I had. And some people really don't get it, but the people who get it think it's really cool. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Chapter 26. You let's jump into the, the pre-chapter quote. Yes. Okay. The pre-chapter quote is, There's no stronger bond than that between two mated dragons. It goes beyond the depth of human love or adoration to a primal, undeniable requirement for proximity. One cannot survive without the other. And that's from the Field Guide to Dragonkind. Again, I feel like we just kind of knew this. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like um, anything eye-opening. I just wrote, she stuck with Zayden forever. <laughs> um, so the chapter opens with Violet's squad traveling to the front lines to shadow active soldiers as their reward for winning the squad battle. Rhiannon and Violet are given a room to share and Rhiannon 
realizes and reveals to Violet that they are less than an hour away from her hometown. So they plan to try and sneak away to see them one night. One hour on foot, five minutes flight. Those dragons are so speedy. I had one random comment that I don't even think is important, but um, they're at a place called Montserrat, which is a real place. It's a mountain range in Spain. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> is that why you had the map of Spain pulled up on your iPad? <laughs> yeah, I looked at it. <laughs> yeah, because I saw that name and I was like, oh, I know that place because... Well, so actually, Emily and I were in Barcelona together when we studied abroad. And Montserrat is a mountain range like just outside of Barcelona, which is how I recognize the name. Um, and so then I was like, is this a code? Like, is this inspired by something? So I was looking up Montserrat on Google and doing some research. I couldn't find anything uh, that was related. At one point, I was like, wait, no, the map's a line. And this is like where it is. But I was definitely reaching. <laughs> that would be really cool <laughs> if it like actually was based on something like a old wise tailor whatever yeah yeah i feel like i assume this is somewhere in europe i i assume so too so i was like maybe it is just she's like taking names from different areas of europe but honestly this kind of looks like the uk and that could be spain right and it maybe like before it like pangea (laughs) yeah yeah so i don't know i just wanted to say that in case it is legit because (laughs) yeah just put it out there in case I am right, so I can take credit later. Of course, of uh, course. <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next day, as they're getting a tour of the fortress, or maybe it was the same day, but three riders return from their patrol, and one of them is Mira, Violet's sister, and they run into each other's arms, beyond happy to see each other alive. Oh, I liked Yay. that part. Also, this was, a, this was a rare moment when I was happy Dane was there because Violet and Mira reunited and Dane was like, those Sorengales are crazy. And he was so happy to see them reunited. And it was kind of nice, like peace it for was. a moment. But then yeah, qu- things quickly, quickly changed. <laughs> Dane became then Dane again. Dane became, became Dane, very much so. So two days pass. And Mira catches Violet and Rhiannon sneaking out to go to Rhiannon's village. She agrees to accompany them to make sure they stay safe and don't get caught. because She knows that they're just going to go no matter what she says. Um, so they get to her village and Rhiannon's spending time with her family, meets her new baby nephew. And Mira, I picture this as like, uh, Rhiannon's like in the living room with her family and there and Mira and Violet are like sitting at the little dining room table that's connected sipping wine chatting um, and Violet tells her you know all about the recent complications with Dane and the all the ways Zayden has saved her and all the ways that the, her the dragon scales on her vest have saved her and there was one moment during, I mean, there's a few moments during this conversation, but one that where Mira mentions that she swore that one time she saw a riot of dragons across the border, but she kind of just like brushed it off as above her pay grade. But I was like, a riot of dragons? Like one, the enemy across the border wouldn't have dragons. They have the griffins or gryphons or whatever. And two, why are there rubble dragons? 
Yeah, that felt like a really big thing to just brush off as being above her pay grade. Um, what I think is there was a, there were so many when I read this a second time. There were so many things I picked up on. Um, Mira also tells her that she got the book for Violet that Violet tried to take yep. with her, and that's the one about like the wyverns and the venom and stuff, like those mythical dragon creatures i don't know are those mythical emily or sorry are they, are they dragon-like creatures or what are do you i don't remember i'm just convinced those are real like i'm convinced that book is important oh, and yeah. i'm convinced those things are important um and that's the those are the things that violet was trying to look up in the scribe library archives, archives. yeah that she couldn't find any information on and she was like weird but now she has this book because mira saved it for her so yeah, I, I mean, I wrote that she's definitely going to reread the book with a new lens after all of her training and everything that she's learned and just start realizing shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was But like, she those... didn't get the book. Yeah, she didn't get the book. You're right. But I was like, those were either like rebel dragons that Mira saw because I feel like there definitely are rebel dragons too. Or there's there are those wyvern things that definitely are real. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think they're real. There, there was one other like part of their conversation I wanted to read that I just thought was interesting. Um, so like after she, after she tells her that like, Hey, I have like your old book, I saved it and I'll give it back to you. I was going to give it to you back for graduation, but I'll give it to you now. And Violet's like happy because she was looking for it at the archives, like you just said and everything. And Mira says, I know they're just stories, but I never used to get why the villains could choose to corrupt their souls and become venom. And now, and then she kind of like stops talking and Violet's like, now you empathize with the villain. And Mira says, no, but we have the kind of power people would kill for Violet. Dragons and Griffins are the gatekeepers. And I'm sure that to someone jealous enough, ambitious enough, risking a soul would be a fair price for the ability to wield. Just makes me glad our dragons are so discerning and our wards keep the griffin riders at bay. Who the hell knows what kind of people those furry creatures choose. And I just feel like that is just complete foreshadowing, you know? I feel the same, but I have no idea of what. Like what it's foreshadowing. Yeah. I reread that like four times and I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means, but I know that has to be important. I know same and I (laughs) yeah and I think I mean one I think it shows how valuable this secret is that uh, with the feather tail you know that like if they really did know about her and Darna that they would hunt her down like just if they would just be wanting the ability to wield imagine the gift of magic you know so I I thought that was my one takeaway, but I just know that there's more here. So and I just can't quite grasp. This chapter overall was just so confusing to me because I was really excited to get out of Bazgiaf, Um, because the whole time we've been like, oh, they're not telling the truth about what's happening out there and they're filtering information. And so I was like, well, I was thinking that when, Violet and co got out there we'd see some things and be know what's really going on but then we just we 
like we were out there and we see there are more battles than Violet knows about, but Mira's like, well, obviously they're not going to tell you about every single battle. Like it's not really important. You're just focusing on training. You can't spend all day in battle brief. And Violet's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So now I'm like, well, what, what's going on? Like, what are the secrets? (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready for the moment. Like we're, I mean, we're over halfway, like quite like a good bit over halfway. I'm like, I'm ready for the, the plot to like crack wide open, you know? And we just get, this is the plot, you know, like this is what's happening. Here's the problem. Like I just, I'm not super clear yet on what the heck the problem is. And I don't want to have a moment where we learn it and have to battle it in three chapters. Like we do at Akatar, you know, I was was just going to say that I feel like a court of mist and fury. It was just Reese and Farah for the first 90% of the book and then you got the plot at the very, very end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was too fast and very confusing. Um, although the recent favorite buildup is really just. It's worth it. It, it is. <laughs> unparalleled. It's but, um, but yeah, I, I straight up, this trip to the front lines was a little bit boring. Like they sold this as you're going to go and be in the action. And they basically just felt like they were sitting on in some like house for three days, like doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed pretty boring. I don't like I don't I don't get it. I thought the whole point was for them to go see action. And the second there was action, they had to leave. But yeah, I I just want to say like stuff has obviously definitely happened. Like it's the kind of book. It seems like it's the kind of book like Harry Potter where there's stuff keeping you interested in action throughout the book. But then like really everything happens at the end. Um which is good. I obviously am obsessed with Harry Potter, but I just feel like I'm to the point where I'm over the the uh, student building. Like, either give her her signet or give me war, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> give me her signet or give me war. Liberty or give me death. Yeah, literally. Um, that was perfect, Sadie. Perfect. That's exactly okay. how I feel, too. I'm just kind of frustrated with these chapters. Yeah. So this chapter then ends with, you know, they wrap up. They're headed. They're about to head back to the village, say goodbye to Rhiannon's family. And Violet and Mira step outside. To, and who do they find? Our good pal, Zayden waiting there like the little stalker he is <laughs> the three <laughs> the three day separation between Tarn and Segale was just too much to endure and I wrote or was it Zayden's separation from Vi that was too much to endure oh <laughs> I guess the I mean obviously the um that quote at the beginning is foreshadowing that he has to Zayden has to come wherever Violet is and they can't be apart for very long but it also could be I guess it could have been foreshadowing, you know, now we learn that Zayden and Violet's connection is even more intense than we realized in this next chapter with the mind yeah, reading and whatnot. I, I have a little prediction, a hope, really, a want, um, that I will talk about with them and their connection in this next chapter. Okay. Emmy, any other thoughts on chapter 26? That we missed. No, I think you guys covered it. Honestly, it was a pretty boring chapter. It was. I will say, 
I will say, I think these chapters are good because they have so many Easter eggs. But to be honest, I would have loved to have had you on for the last three chapters because one thing that came up that we had a lot of fun talking about um, and a lot of thoughts on was the whole dragons are turned on, therefore we are also turned on. <laughs> yeah, it's a con. It's a, that's a, that was a weird scene when I because I didn't exactly know which chapters I had picked because I really. Um, I honestly thought I was doing the chapters where it was the breaking into her room at night because that's an interesting chapter. Um, the yeah, the, the dragons being turned on and their horniness gets like I don't know incestual. It's a little incestual. Yeah. It's a little weird. It's it's a little weird. I wouldn't want to have to think about that. Yeah. Um. But it just feels like, and this is probably TMI, but it feels like when people watch porn, <laughs> you don't need to know that they watch porn and what they like when they watch porn or whatever. Like, you just don't need to know that. And it's just like, it's like watching someone watch porn. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> It, the way it was uncomfortable reading it because it was like watching You're adjacent to someone that's turned on. Yeah, but I would no, hope like that, us that would as not the reader, turn me on. No, us yeah. as the reader yeah. are like basically oh. watching Zayden and and uh, Violet see, watch I porn. See, I see. Yeah, you know what They're I mean. Watching porn. I, sh- I struggled through Scale that. and Tarn are. Sigal and Tarn are the porn. They're watching porn or listening to erotica, and we are watching them get turned on by it, and it is uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 It was a good reminder that these books are meant to be binged and not thought about too deeply like we are doing. Because it was also a struggle because it was a really hot moment between um, Zayden and Violet. Yeah, you also want it to happen with them. So it's just like, oh, man. But to to separate, it must be separated from (laughs) Tarn and Seagale. The dragons. Yeah, okay, we need to move on because when you guys (laughs) fell back and my message was not coming across, I was like, oh, God, I'm in a I am in a pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Chapter 27. Oh, yes, my turn. I'm up. Okay. (laughs) Okay, this quote says for valor above and beyond the call of duty in the battle of Strythmore, where her bravery resulted not only in the destruction of a battery behind enemy lines, but also saved the lives of an entire company of in- infantry. I recommend Mira Sorengale receive the star of Navarre, but if the criterion is not met, which I assure you it has been downgrading to the order of the Talon would be a shame, but sufficient. This, again, gives me nothing, except that Mira is talented, which I already knew. Am I missing something? So, I mean, it does say that this was a recommendation for an award from Major Potsdam, but to General Sorengale. Yeah. So, it is a little bit interesting that her mother would be the one to grant the award, but my only... My only takeaway is, like, maybe that after this last chapter where, like, we're rebonding with Mira, it's, like, a little bit of, uh, let's remind you who Mira is and where her allegiances are. You know, like, she's a well-established, respected writer 
in the whatever yeah. you call it. If if Army. anything though, I was like, well, you know who needs to be reminded of that? Violet, because she starts freaking out about Mira not being okay, and I was like, Mira does this all the time. I'm so not worried. Yeah, this I, is I know literally we'll her there, job. But I was like, what's Violet gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. She can't even stay on her dragon. No, she can't. So anyway, we'll get into it. But yeah. So Zayden's arrival changes the in the whole energy at the fort. The squad basically spends their time flying on patrols and reviewing old battles. Mira, you know, runs them through an exercise where they walk through a hypothetical battle situation and, and tries to challenge them to strategically use their dragons and their signets and et cetera. And it's like basically just like a lot of tension happens and Zayden and Dane keep, you know, making little side comments and whatever. But one thing I want to point out is just like during this whole conversation, it is mentioned that the final war games will be in two weeks. And I'm just like, we just got through the squad trials or whatever it was called. And now we have final war games. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Like how many more like tests do they have in a year? I don't care about war games. I don't. I don't either. Like I want real shit. Unless something somehow happens in the war games that matters. But um, I, I am getting annoyed that these just like, barriers to the plot keep popping up and I'm like I don't care just like yeah get, I need momentum and it's annoying because yeah. we don't know about them like for example like fourth Harry Potter book when you have the try with try wizard tournament you know there's gonna be three tasks they're spaced throughout the year you kind of know what to expect but this we just I just never I don't understand the structure of the school and yeah, it's they so just, like, annoying keep, keep randomly throwing in like like they kept talking about the squad battles and then it was like, we finally got to the squad battles and we were done. And then, or okay. It was first, it was the gauntlet. And there's like, we finally got through that. And now all of a sudden we're talking about squad battles. And then we finally get the squad battle and we're finally done talking about squad battles. But now we have the final war games. I'm like, Jesus. I know. I feel like the only thing she was clear about was threshing. Everyone knew threshing was a yes. big deal. That was the only thing that was said ahead of time and was clear everything else seems to just randomly pop up and it felt like threshing was like what you do after three years at the college and then it was two months in and then it's like oh threshing happened okay now we have all these huge tests that are also a big deal that were not mentioned before and I'm like these just don't seem like big deals after threshing they don't it does seem yeah I agree that they did threshing so early on how does a dragon know they're gonna pick a child who has just joined who has had two months of training yeah yeah they it should have been, 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 yeah, it should have been threshing is at the end of their first year. I get you need to like meet your dragon one because they're obviously critical char- characters, but I also, but I just think like logically it makes more sense to have like all these battles and stuff throughout the year and challenges to get prepared for threshing and like prove your reputation and everything. I agree. And then at the end of the first year and then that way the next two years they're actually learning how to fly on their dragon or whatever. Yeah. And then like year two can be like, get your signet. Your three can be like, start going into battle. But you know, yeah, yeah. I didn't write the book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sometimes I wonder how authors in fantasy worlds or really any book like start, like, do they know what the plot twist or end 
is going to be when they first start. And I, I kind of think Rebecca was just, she was just going. I think Rebecca was just going. I think she just sat at her laptop and just started typing and just kept going. Yeah. I mean, it was gold. It was gold that came out, but it just taken us along for a wild ride. You know who did know the plot? JK Rowling. She did. She had it all mapped out. The whole time. She had it all mapped out. That. Hold mm-hmm. on, hold on. Spoiler alert for I've Harry Potter. In trouble. I've gotten <laughs> in trouble for it. I've gotten in trouble. From who? My coworker. From for what? Um, Spo- he'll be mad what? that I just called him a coworker. My friend from work. <laughs> um, he got mad because I said that Snape kills Dumbledore on one episode. Statute of limitations has I know, I know, I know. But okay, spoiler alert. So she knew the whole time that that there was going to be Horcruxes and that Harry was the last Horcrux. Yeah, I mean, book two. Think about it. Book two is the Horcrux with the diary. (gasps) She is just a little patient genius. She was able to hold off on that reveal for six books. Yeah. Wow, incredible. That was the second one. Yeah, yeah. She did have it all mapped out. And that's why they're so good. They're so good. Yeah. Okay. And there are rules rules. and structures. And you know the laws of the wizarding world, like from book one. Yes, Yes, you do. And process. There's due process, (laughs) Emily. Thank you. (laughs) We clearly do not get in this book. Oh my god. I don't even know what due process means, but it sounds right. um so okay so back to their like hypothetical battle strategy lesson whatever um while they are doing this Zayden reveals that he can communicate telepathically with Violet because of their dragon's bond and Zayden's like flirting with her and teasing with teasing her without anybody knowing but Violet can't figure out how to respond telepathically and I just cannot believe that they can speak to each other with their minds. I don't know why I did not see that coming. Like, I was, I don't know why. It was shocking to me. And now I'm just like, how can they not be together? Imagine how threatened any girl Zayden tries to be with, how threatened they're going to be by Violet. Like, how you can't have another woman in your man's life this way. They have to be together. <laughs> You I mean, know? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty confident they will be together. So I, I know I'm not, that, but I'm like them trying it. to fight it is now dumb. If you yeah. can like talk telepathically, you're required to be near each other for life. Like, who are you kidding? I know. Just dive on in. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's like, obviously at this point, um, I was a little bit, my first thought was honestly concerned because I was like can he read her mind or can he just send thoughts into her mind? Because if he can read her mind, she's constantly thinking very embarrassing thoughts about him. And that made me nervous for her. And she didn't really ask that question, but I, I, it seems to be just, you can send thoughts through a channel. Oh, because Tarn can read her mind. Tarn can read her mind. I didn't really think about that, but I don't think that they can because like Sigail can't read her mind. She can, they can only talk. I think Sigail can read her mind, right? Because Violet, when they were all four together, Violet had a thought about 
She said it out loud. Oh, she said though. it out loud. And okay. so Gail responded. So I think, I don't think they can re- read the mind. And I think that's important because I think it's like an intentional distinguishment between Dane and Zayden. It would make him too parallel to Zayden or Dane, you know, if he could also read her mind like Dane can. I just, it shocked me Violet didn't ask the question because it's true. I would be very concerned if a man could read my mind. Yeah, me too. Um, but this was the little, you know, something I want to manifest is that maybe, you know, obviously the power in the bonds between them and their dragons and their dragons together is like growing and it's being developed more because like now, you know, at first she could only hear Tarn and now she can hear Sigale and now she can hear Zayden. It's just growing. And I'm like, what if this bond between all four of them just keeps on growing stronger? And then not only are the dragons bonded, but then Zayden and Violet are bonded. So I like that thought a lot. And going off of that, what if because Violet and Sigail are kind of bonded and Zayden and Tarn are kind of bonded, do they get like cross powers from like can, will Violet be able to like wield shadows at some point or something? Oh, that would you know? be crazy. It's all very, they're just all one bonded. Like you said, family of five. They're a family of five. Family of five. Yeah, except on Darna, I do like that, you know, like Zayden obviously does get some of the perks of Tarn, but I like that on Darna's just hers. She's still, you know, an independent woman. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> something for just her. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So they, you know, there's one line. I can't remember exactly what they say. I should have wrote it down, but someone's like, why don't you just basically whip out your dicks and measure them since they can't, since Zayden and Dane keep just like puffing out their chests and trying to like show each other up, which was hilarious. And, uh, there's just like a lot of bickering, but, Eventually, Mira takes Dane, Zayden, and Violet out into the hallway after their simulation and the relentless bickering. And she yells at Dane for just being petty and then questions Zayden about the mated, the, their mated dragon bond. Um, just thinking that his, in, like, she's like, was it really three days? Like, give me a break. Like, doesn't think that it's actually that strong. Yeah. But so- Violet is defending him when Mira starts to like kind of cross the line, which was nice. Yeah. So Mira had basically just been leading a battle brief class, which again, I was, I was like, why do we have to come to Spain to do this? (laughs) 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 Um, And then Dane and Zayden were just bickering the whole time about who's in charge. Which was embarrassing for Dane. It, It was embarrassing for Dane. I mean, Dane's so annoying, but Zayden and Violet definitely push his buttons, too, at this point. Violet's really given up on being peaceful, even though I thought they ended up in a good place last chunk of chapters. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the highlight for me during Mira's scolding is when she starts getting concerned that next year Zayden... She, like, kind of ignores Zayden, and she's just talking to Violet, but, like, right in front of him. And she's like getting worried that Zayden's going to try to ruin her by having her bring Tarn to the front lines constantly and not getting the training she needs and therefore like not letting her reach her full potential. And Zayden 
cuts in and I want to read what he says because he just really puts people in their place. He's so good with his words. Um, He says, I'm right here in case you didn't notice. And she said, you're kind of hard to miss. And he says, you're not listening. I am here. Tarn didn't drag her back to Basketh. He didn't break through her shields and pour his emotions into her. He didn't demand she fly across the fucking kingdom. Your sister is still right here. I'm the one who left my post, my position, and my executive officer in charge of my wing. She's not missing out on shit. And I was just like, Zayden, protecting her education and protecting... (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like I just I just loved that moment. He is just a plus, a plus Satan. Yeah. One other thing though that um Mira brings up, which one, her talking about her concern for Violet having to give up stuff, I was like, this really is just describing a long distance relationship with your boyfriend and like you have to go visit him and then you miss out on stuff with your friends and then he visits you, but then he misses out on something. It's just like God long distance sucks but anyway um mira also brings up zayden's beef with violet's mom and this is the second chapter in a row where they allude to something like some bigger conflict between specifically zayden and violet's mom that something else happened because mira says don't you even know why he has reason to hate violet's mom and i was like i mean we know she is responsible for executing his dad like is that what you're referring to you're talking about something else like and then yeah. Zayden referred to something earlier. So I, again, feels like I a question that Violet needs more. to ask because that's kind of important. <laughs> it is her mom. Yeah, I feel like she just puts blinders on. Like she did, she's not actively searching out information that doesn't support her conclusion that she can like trust Zayden, you know. So I'm sure he'll ha- he'll tell her the story eventually yeah i feel like sometimes throughout this book violet chooses to be dumb a little bit <laughs> yes when it supports just, not moving the plot along she chooses yeah. to be dumb there's and just a lot going on for her. i can't think of one really at this moment but there are a lot of times when you as the reader are like are you dumb like <laughs> i know what's gonna happen how are you not getting that <laughs> even, even just the the uh squad battle when she was in her mom's office, she's like, what to steal? What to steal? And there's a huge map with all of the outposts and, like, all of this information. And she's looking at these two, like, random letters sitting on the desk. And you're like, okay, well, it's obviously take the map. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. That's so true. What to steal? What to steal? <laughs> She's like a tiny letter or a huge <laughs> war map. <laughs> yeah, these, these numbers for the, the budget for next year. <laughs> I We're just roasting this book, these chapters. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's I did really like the book. <laughs> I did too, but these chapters made me mad. And speaking about Violet, of Violet being dumb, that's how I felt at the end of this chapter. So okay, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so how it ends. So their fight with between Mira, Dane, and Zayden and Violet is interrupted by the approach of Griffins. And Mira realizes that the wards have fallen. 
Mira commands Zayden to get Violet out of the fort, but Violet's protesting. She wants to protect her. She wants she wants Tarn to protect her, really. But Dane finally convinces Violet to leave by pointing out that if they the first all the other first years don't flee, their lack of training will result in deaths. So Zayden and Violet get the others onto their dragons and out of the fort while they wait for Tarn and Segale, who briefly went to go keep the Griffins at bay, which I thought was interesting because I would think that they're going to be rebel dragons, but yet they were helping fight off the enemy. So I'm like, maybe there's like kind of two plots here, like that the Griffins and them will truly be an enemy, but then... There'll also be like a civil war. Like, I don't and know. And we haven't even gotten to where Wyvern's fallen. Like, I don't, I like, there's like seven plots. There's like the rebels, there's the Wyverns, and there's these griffin things. Colonials. Yeah. yeah. I also, I need to, someone needs to sit down and explain how griffins battle dragons and even pose a threat. Because in my mind, so a griffin is a lion with eagle wings, which, yeah dangerous but dragons can breathe fire so like how are they even like how is there a competition there you know yeah i mean i don't know what kind of powers griffins have i know that they're not as strong as dragons but i guess i mean they can still fight i don't know i guess (laughs) but basically they're waiting for sigil and tarn and violet's I'm I'm picturing this so dramatic. Like they're on the top of a roof. There's rain. There's wind. There's, you know, roars in the background. And she's like begging Zayden, like, we have to stay. We have to protect Mira. And but instead he just grabs her face and kisses her, distracting her long enough that Tarn can arrive and snatch her away with his talons. And basically the chapter ends with her flying away and being like, but her realizing that he kissed her only to distract her. But like, obviously that's not the case. So she was so dumb on two accounts here. One, she was absolutely <laughs> freaking out that she needed to stay to protect Mira. And I, I was like, that's Mira's job. Like this happens all the time. Like there's battles all the time. You've never once even thought about concern for Mira until right now. And she's, I feel like she's fine. Like I'm not concerned. Why are you freaking out? When you can't even do anything. Like, I know Tarn's powerful, but Violet is such a liability still. And then two. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> yeah, she gives Zayden this whole speech. You sound like the other cadets. <laughs> <laughs> the <weird flick. laughs> I mean, she can't even, she doesn't have a signet yet. So, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and then two. Yeah, she gives Zayden this whole speech and then he kisses her. And then Tarn kind of swoops and grabs her and she's like, I will. What does she say? She says, I'll never forgive you for this or something really dramatic. Really dramatic. And I hate you or I'm going to hate you for this or something. And he goes, I can live with that. But in her mind, he was just kissing her to distract her, which I guess maybe that's just her insecurity that he doesn't actually like her, which he obviously does. Um, But I was like, no, I think he just actually like she gave his whole speech. He was very moved by what she said about her love for her sister. He kissed her. If he wanted to just keep her there until Tarn picked her up. He could have just easily physically restrained her. He's like four times yeah. her size, but he wanted yeah. he just, he wanted to kiss her. So yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. That was the ending. I didn't like the ending. I, I honestly would have rather him like have kissed her 
And then her just be like shocked. And then Tarn grabs her. You know what I mean? Like I didn't need her like he like kisses her and then like turns away to Tarn and she like sees Tarn and she's like, fuck you. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) like that was a lot. (laughs) Why are you so mad? (laughs) I don't I just hope this doesn't become a thing in the next chapter where she's now like mad at him for tricking her because this is not. Yeah, it's not what it was. It's not what it was. Yeah, it was also it also sounded a little bit embarrassing the way she got picked up by Tarn. She had it was like Zayden put her arms out like a T and then Tarn comes and like scoops her up is I believe the language that was used. Which is so embarrassing. She's so embarrassing. She's so embarrassing. And then yeah, and then really Tarn just like throws her into the air and she lands on his back. So she was just embarrassed. That's why she lashed out, which, you know, we've all been there. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so funny. That's so funny. But overall, great chapters. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't said one good thing about them. Not one nice thing. (laughs) They kissed, I guess. That's. And, you know, at the end of last episode and the last chapters, I specifically asked for momentum. I specifically asked for something in the plot to give me answers. And now I have one million more questions that didn't deliver. So next round of chapters, I'm asking again for something, something to happen to give me an answer to one of the many, like, plot line questions that we have. I know you guys are, like, torturing yourselves by reading this three chapters at a time. So, Emily, I've actually, I've actually, um... Take She's a new come around. I've come around. So I know. I was listening. I was actually listening to your latest podcast episode, and I do. I, I agree with your pros on this because you get, especially because you guys are both reading at the same time, so your theories get really fleshed out. Versus, like, mm-hmm. if I were the one reading and not knowing anything, I would be kind of embarrassed to talk about my theories. It's like, what <laughs> if I'm so off the mark? But you guys together can be like, okay, wait. Like, yes, love that idea. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> that was the whole structure of seasons one and two. I was just I out here throwing out random you shit. You were doing a great job, way better than I would have done. But I would have been, like, afraid to say anything. Sadie, you got a lot right I been, two. Emily's like, I would have been so embarrassed <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> but, Sadie, you got a lot right. You know, yeah, what's funny is you actually got a lot right. Like, some crazy things from Akatar that I never even thought of yeah no it is it is nice I I thought I would hate being in this seat after after watching Sadie for (laughs) books one and two and like me being the person who's like he he I know you know like I I know everything and I'm like asking her all these like misleading questions and stuff and like being evil I was like I'm gonna hate being in this seat which I I did I did for the I still kind of do sometimes but it also I genuinely look forward every single week to getting to read my three chapters um it's genuinely a highlight like I'm like ooh, like map out like when can I read my three chapters um and (laughs) and if I wasn't doing this I would have finished books one and two so long ago and my life would be fourth wingless but (laughs) I'd be like you (laughs) but I also think because you guys read them so much more like methodically and you have to go through them and summarize them so you really get to read into all the little things there's so much I missed reading through it especially because I shared a similar frustration I was like get me to the plot get me to the plot so the last like third of the book I just like rushed through there's so much that I missed so it's kind of nice that you guys get to go through it and like really appreciate all the details and 
get to predict things. I mean, I did that with Akamath. I was so anxious for Feyre and Reese to get together that I don't I don't even think I knew the difference between Azriel and Cassie in the entire book the first time I read it because <laughs> I didn't care. I was like these I know they're not important in this book. I I'll, I'll figure it out later. I just want Feyre and Reese I to hook want up. Reese and Feyre. Oh, I miss Feyre and Reese. <laughs> I know. It is also interesting the similarities between well these are the only books that I've really read in this genre. Uh, as an adult and it's kind of funny some of the similarities like the mind thing that's it was giving Reese and Feyre um the Mm -hmm. gods saying oh my gods I kind of hate but I was (laughs) used to it from Akatar, so I was I was more open to hearing that the the main the the deceptive love interest being blonde (laughs) and then the real love interest being like the tall dark handsome like mysterious and dangerous one the same and also the shadows I I kind of have trouble picturing because I'm just picturing like <laughs> shadow kind of hands. Like a fog. No, I'm picturing like kind of like a fog machine, you know, you know, <laughs> that's how I pictured Asriel is like, is like the shadow. It's always like shadows were like gathering at his feet. I was picturing like a fog machine, but like black shadows pouring at his feet. So that's how I picture Zayden's shadows, but, but then like forming into things that like can grab someone, I guess. Okay. So I picture it as like, so like my shadow right now, which I don't really have, but my shadow right now, like if I have my hand shadow, but my hand shadow, like becoming detached from my actual body and like picking something up for me and handing it to Oh, way I funnier. picture this <laughs> way funny. Yeah. I think I picture fog too. Oh, no. It's a shadow. It's not fog. It's I a know, shadow. But in this scene in, in the last chapter when Zayden just, like, lifts his hand and, like, the shadows consume the room, theoretically, I guess that would actually just basically be the lights turning off. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it was, like, the room is filled with, like, like this dark mist. smoke. Like, yeah. Like, dark yeah. smoke. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would picture with Resand when he would have, like, darkness or whatever forming yeah. around him. Yeah. yeah. But he, it wasn't referred to as shadows, though. So, I mean, you're definitely probably right, Izzy. But (laughs) so, I'll live in my own world. Have you guys ever seen this? Is the last thing I'll say. We can wrap up. This was going to be a shorter episode, but it 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 never is. Um, have you seen the the Disney princess and the princess and the frog? Yes. So the villain does voodoo and he has shadows and they just like do things, but it's like his shadow, but it can just like operate as like an, its own entity. So that's what I picture. As soon as you described what you were thinking, I was like, oh, I don't know why I didn't think of that because (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about from that movie. Oh man. But you know, that's the joy and beauty of books. Imagination. (laughs) We'll just have to, is it a movie or a series? I think it's going to be a series. Every we'll have to see when the series comes out. Yeah, um, which I'm glad. No, no long book like this should ever be a movie. All, series is the only way to go. Um, okay, any last thoughts on these chapters before we wrap? No, let's get into the next ones. Yes, I'm ready to to be on to the next and hopefully see some action. Although we have these freaking war games, so who knows. <laughs> Um, honestly though i emily being on like i was a little nervous because i was like these weren't great chapters but i had the best time roasting it with you (laughs) it's been fun it's been fun (laughs) i actually had the same thought when i read it the first time and i read the second time and i was like no i actually have so much to say so um thanks emily for joining us this was so fun um i i feel like 
this new structure worked lovely. Sadie, thanks for, you know, Good. Yay. adapting your note taking and giving us the summary. Um, you know, and thanks everyone learning, for always improving. Yes. Always listening and always learning. So important. Um, <laughs> um, thanks everyone for listening. Join us next episode for chapters 28 to 30. Saren will be coming back on as a guest. She oh, was uh, I'm she, excited. She requested the next chapters. So that actually makes me think something had, has to happen. So that Woo-hoo. that's exciting. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gals on Topic and TikTok at Gals on Topic. And leave a comment, leave a five-star review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I do that in a different order every single time. But do all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you then. Bye.